everybody, this is Cameron. Welcome back to episode 10 of Sword Coast Coast to Coast. This is the second episode of Chew, where we do some adventuring during the downtime for adventurers, our party, the people you've been listening to in between their mysterious adventure at the Tower of Obelon and whatever's coming next. Hint, hint, there's oceans and pirates, yar. Um, this is a really great episode. I think it's really cool. Of course, I record these things right after ed- editing these, so um, so I have it all fresh in my head, and, and I really enjoy it. This is Kylie, followed by Tess. Again, just like the previous two episodes with Wegg and Silverleaf, these are two very different kinds of adventure. The first is a little bit of a social role-playing encounter. The second is just straight up like a little micro-dungeon, almost. Uh, kind of like Silverleaf, but a little less intensive. Anyway... I think you'll really enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. After this episode, we are back to normal adventures, normal adventuring with the whole party. I think you'll really like it. And uh, yeah, it's 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 really good. Um, if you enjoy this, you can go ahead and go to uh, twitter.com slash rangetouch to follow us and get some updates on that. You can also go to rangetouch.com to see this and all the other shows we do. If you like what we do, please consider going down into the very little bottom of uh, this uh, the description here. Little, you know, there's just like two or three links. It's real small, little thing, and you could uh, you could back us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, which really does help our our uh, uh, bandwidth is spiraling <laughs> because of how much stuff we're doing. Anyway, it's awesome. It's a great problem to have. Hope you enjoy this episode. Here is Kylie doing a little bit of of talking. So at the end of last episode, um, everyone had taken back, um, her name is not Deborah, but I don't remember the, the name of the daughter. Uh, I don't have my notes in front of me for the end of that, but you took um, back the daughter to the farmer. I, I, I think I have it. So, um, Delia? Delia, there we go. Um, so you, you returned Delia, and everyone started heading back to Easting, but Kylie didn't start heading back to Easting, right? Kylie started yeah. heading back to um to Burdusk, which is about which is about like a week, week and a half away. It's it's pretty far. Um so and we didn't really get a chance at the end of the episode, we were a little bit time tight. We didn't we didn't really get a chance to understand the logic behind that. So why is Kylie going back to Burdusk right now? Oh, um when I had said that, I assumed that we were all going to go back to Burdusk. Oh <laughs> no! So you haven't. Um, yeah. So you're so... the third session, and this will be the third. I'm releasing these when I release them in sequence, so uh, people already know what um, Silverleaf did. People already know what Wegg did. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So but but Kylie is by himself in the woods, going the wrong way. What do you mean the wrong way? Well, I just, I, so this to my mind is what's happening. Kylie's like, all right, I'll meet you back at Burdusk and, yeah. and runs off. And so everyone else is heading back to Easton. Kylie is hoofing it across the countryside. Oh, you, you know what I think probably happened is Kylie said, I'll meet you back in town. Uh, you know, that'll do it. Because he's like, why would I want to go back to Easton? Those people mm-hmm. hate me. Mm-hmm. Well, huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so, what's what's Kylie thinking about as he's 
as he's making his way um, across the long form across the countryside. I, I think there's um, probably a bit of um, like a, a desire to find out like what he's going to do next, like as a as a larger scheme, because like the I feel like for our first adventure, like. Kind of, got, kind of got nothing out of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe a little bit of feeling good that, I don't know, we did something good. But, and then this one, also, Kali gets nothing out of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not getting sure. any, any titles, any cool swords. Like, yeah. Things of that would confer prestige or, um, uh, you know, metals even might be like sufficient right yeah or even like something that someone would know about like i I guess maybe Mm -hmm. some people are going to know about like uh, some aspects of what they happened at the tower but it sounded like Mm -hmm. nobody even knew what the tower was about and like he's not gonna get famous off that true yeah okay so, so this is kind of what Kylie is is thinking about, and kind of kind of sulking a little bit seems like, um, or or being disappointed. Um, yeah. And you travel for about, um, I would say, a full day. You know, I'm imagining that that uh, Kylie is traveling northeast, um, and so eventually, um, you know, making the way through the forest. You know, this is the forest that you went through uh, via road the other way. This is where, like, the owlbear droppings where we determine that owlbears make pellets (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. Um, So eventually you hit the river, and um, Kylie's got to cross a river. How does he he do that? Um, I, I would be tempted to say that he walks on this side of the river for as long as he can. Okay. Like, waiting for a a bridge or a ford okay uh so there's not going to be a ford because it's pretty remember it's wide enough for like a uh a yeah. barge to go down and deep enough so um i so i would say this this even requires kylie to camp for the night you know camping on the edge of the river yeah nothing too bad happens but the next day about halfway through the day traveling now east along the river um no i'm sorry west along the river um uh, Kylie sees uh, a little bridge, you know, like a smaller bridge that people have made just for uh, pedestrian crossings, basically. Maybe there's someone who lives on this side. Yeah. Um, but that's sufficiently high enough for a barge to go underneath it. And yeah. um, and he makes his way across. And from there, he can see the road. Um, and on that road, Perfect. there is what you would describe as a almost like a set of carnival tents you know like three small tents think of this think of a real Baldur's gate video game ass looking set of tents here right yeah um and uh and you can see that there are a few people who are uh, crowded around a small campfire and they're sitting and it looks like they are having uh what would now be lunch um i I think Kylie would assume that this is like something to do with green grass still. Oh, okay. The, uh, because the, I mean, there like there was like a circus stuff, right? When they Absolutely. had green grass and burdock. 
Yeah, and for sure. Like, because Kyle's not from around here. So he mm-hmm. probably will, like, come up and be like, ask, like, what are y'all doing now that green grass is over? Gotcha. Okay. Um, so Kylie runs up and says that, right? Um, you know, hail and well met. Something, something yeah. green grass, something, something. <laughs> and uh, and they, these are people who don't seem to, to really have, they, they seem a little confused about what, about what Kylie is saying. Um, they are dressed, I would say, a little bit more finely than, than people you've seen recently. Even people who are, say, of the merchant class who are dressing up for green grass. These are yeah. people who are wearing robes, and those robes have threads in them that are shiny, right? Things like that. Um, these are almost, um, it's not quite finery, but it would be like travel finery, if that makes sense. Um, so there are they like court robes or are they like um like does this look like a wizard robes Mm, give me a uh insight check um 16 okay so these kylie kylie remembers back to his years in the court Mm -hmm. um of courtly intrigue where was that court that kylie is from um have we given it a name yet no do you want to give it a name now? Toradu. Toradu. Um, and where is that? I, I think before you said like far to the east, but yeah, I um, should I pull up a map of Baron yeah, and look at it? Yeah, let's let's look really quick just to. Uh... So well, let's just say it's um, let's just say it's east of the Dale Lands, and then we'll yes. figure that yeah. out later. Um, okay. And yeah, I I imagine it like in, in an environment of um, like pre um, like pre Bismarck Germany, like lots of like some place that is full of kingdoms, you know. Gotcha. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll figure that out. So because like Rashomon is over there, and Rashomon is like. Eastern Europe kind of stuff. You say Rashomon's over there, but I've heard other people say Rashomon was over there. Uh oh. I'm cutting all this out. <laughs> no one will ever know. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Good. All right. So, um, so yeah. So with that role, you you know you recognize that these are courtly robes. Um, these are people who are trying to maintain some sort of sense of, of courtly identity while traveling on the road. And as you get closer, whoops, sorry, smashing my microphone with my hand by gesticulating wildly. But um, the as you get closer to the tents, right, um, you start seeing that these are um, also uh, less circus tent and more these are our colors um and so you notice the or or you recognize these um as robes and tents and and, you know kind of the accoutrement of uh house dot 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 question mark um oh the of the eastern question marks yeah give me yeah give me a um give me a house name um, I, I don't want to dictate uh, Kylie's backstory. 
What what's a uh, not quite a rival, but not a an ally either? Uh, Lamarck. I think also, um, like you say, like I um, not a rival or ally. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think that Kylie would necessarily um, like think about other houses in that way. Because like I he doesn't have enough like um feel enough of a member of his old court. Mm. Like he like maybe he would feel that way about how they might act towards him, but he wouldn't act differently towards someone who was a rival of the old court. Gotcha. Well, I, I mean, I'm thinking too about you know if Kylie grows up with an in courtly life, then there has to be people that he doesn't like. Oh yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like, like I'm thinking not even like uh, uh, I'm not not just political alliances, but personal alliances. Okay, too, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I imagine that's going to come up at some point, right? And it, I, yeah. I like the idea of of setting some boundaries initially on this, right? That like there is a house here that you're encountering that you have a history with, but is not one way mm-hmm. or the other. Um, um, I, I I think that like once Kylie like if it takes on a minute to recognize after already have asked about Greengrass, mm-hmm. yeah. he would try and pass it off like, oh, assuming that they're here for the festive, like festivities. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're a little bit confused, um, and you recognize it as House Lamarck, um, kind of a respectable and yet small um, lordship that's also uh, one of the eastern fiefdoms um, around where... Uh, the house that Kylie is a part of, the House Toradu. Um, you know, you recognize these as people. You don't, you don't know these people in particular, but you do recognize their clothing, their their sigils, all those different things like that. Um, and it looks like, based on, uh, you can see, you know, behind them now, um, behind the tents, um, a little bit off the road, you can see the cart that everything would be folded into. You can see a couple servants uh, and the driver over in that direction. And they're a little bit confused about this green grass thing. They say, um, they say, well, uh, green grass must be mm, around. I've seen drunkards on the road, but uh, we, are, we are not here. We're not here for uh, green, green grass, grass, green grass. It seems like a peasant's thing. Indeed, but and Kali gestures. It is a land of peasants. Oh, and he says, uh, and, and you can see him kind of light up a little bit. Um, he says, oh, uh, someone of the finer mind, I can see. Ha-ha. Um, does Kylie have any kind of, uh, since since Kylie's not really a part of House Tordu, you know, grew up in House Tordu, based on what you've said, but isn't mm-hmm. really, like, out here representing House Tordu, as it were. Um, no kind of sigil or anything like that that this person might recognize? Um, not on his armor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I, it would be the kind of thing where he would have to reveal it if he wanted to, someone to know. Yeah, I think that if he was wearing the, whatever it's called on the character sheet, um, fine, you know, fine clothes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, then there's, like, some patterns there that would be recognizable, but... Mm-hmm. 
you would be able to recognize, or they would be able to recognize you in the same way that you recognize them. Yeah, basically, he, is what you're saying. I, I believe Kylie got the armor after he left. I see. Um, okay, well, yeah. So, so they have kind of a favorable disposition toward toward Kylie. What does mm-hmm. he? Uh, what does what does he? What does he want to do about that? Um, I, I guess. Oh, he, was, he says. Oh, so are you just traveling through here? Hmm. And it's a um, so so. There's a, a man who's the first person you talk to, um, and then there uh, he's a human, um, and then there is a uh, an um, we'll say a dwarf uh, woman, and then there is a gnome, and they all are kind of wearing the, this kind of finery, mm-hmm. um, and the the gnome kind of looks to you and says, "Well, we are on our way to." Um, to a contest of sorts and then he kind of snaps his fingers and um uh, a little bit like a like an ice orb like appears in his hand mm-hmm. so he's like and he does it and it's kind of like ice man in uh in the first x-men film if you remember that uh, yeah bobby uh, uh he says oh you know we're, we're on our way to a contest of sorts um sorcerers from throughout mm-hmm. the land are come to show or will come to show their abilities and powers and determine who will be the most prominent sorcerer to be sponsored by Mazchika Coffee Beans. Mazchika Coffee Beans? Mazchika Coffee Beans. From the east. Well, from the west. From across the ocean and maybe to the south. My Faerun geography is a little dusty. <laughs> I don't have the map in front of me right now, but, but yes. I, Kylie says, I always pictured it as being very far east. Okay. <laughs> One moment. Let me confer the map. Oh, no, I no, I, I, think, a... I think you're right. Well, well maybe, we'll, maybe we'll say this. So, so he says, uh, the, the gnome who's speaking says... Um, he says, "Oh, he says, uh, well, I can I can see that that uh, you might have fire in your veins, but um, if you can you could you just could you do this?" And then he kind of like makes a little um, motion with his hands, and he brings his so he's got the ice orb in his left hand, and he brings his right hand over, and he kind of looks like he's petting it like a cat, <laughs> and like slight or like a chinchilla maybe sitting on his palm, and uh, and it slowly but surely it shapes into something else it shapes into a little creature um kind of like the you know the the game that uh, chewbacca plays um on the on the yeah. uh, millennium falcon that little holograph game it's almost one of those it's like a little miniature and it starts mm-hmm. moving around he says can you do you think that you could do this could you do could you do this thing um yeah um i think how he doesn't do exactly that, like make it into a little character. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm picturing, like, I was thinking of what he used to do in court, like for his performance, mm-hmm. as kind of like Fireball Fushiji. Like I, some. What is that? <laughs> like contact juggling. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm but, sorry, I don't know the technical term for contact oh, juggling. Can't <laughs> Just so you don't get shit, it's actually not the technical term. It's a brand name, and people who do contact juggling are very mad. Uh oh. Yeah. 
Um, right, well, good to know. But anyway, the so more you know, is, like I think okay. how he starts to do this, like moving the fire around him, right? Mm -hmm. Um, which is very much like what he did before. Mm -hmm. Um, but what he like was never able to do before is that he turns the fire blue. Okay. Yeah. And and where does that uh, where does that where's that coming from, right? I mean, Kylie's never done this before. Yeah. You know, this is maybe and this is maybe more I would say even more artful or more involved. It's the mm -hmm. same motions as far as Kylie is concerned, but the effects obviously the the color is different. But even um, you know the um, uh, like the intricacy of the objects that you're creating and things like that. Those are yeah. more contained. They're less um, less yeah. wild. Yeah, um, I think that Kylie is like very much more concentrating both on like I don't know very much about fire, so okay. this might be completely wrong. But I always have okay. like an association that like the fire is like hotter when it's blue, right? Mm -hmm. That is true. Um, that like he is, um, like he's putting more like power into a confined space. Okay. Like uh, normally the size of the ball would be directly dictated by how hot it was, right? Mm -hmm. But he's like concentrating a lot more to make this happen. Okay. And why? Um, I think he is sort of feeling, um, like, w one, the, like, remark about, like, firing your vein, like, firing your veins, he doesn't want to be, like, reduced. Hmm. That, like, in his head, it's not like he's doing something sorcerous, but he's like, oh, anything I can do is just as good as you, like... Okay. Does that make sense? It, that does. Uh, you know, well, I'm curious. Let's tie this back in. So something you sent me yeah. earlier was about, um, you know, but before we recorded, but I think this is a good place to kind of um, lens or focus in on that, about the experience that Kylie had in the kind of flame world or, or flame universe, where, you know, we're kind of unclear on what that was, um, in The Last Adventure. Yeah. Um, does this tie into that somehow? Yeah. Um, I think it ties in both to that and to um, right after that. Um, okay. So I think like in the last adventure when we saw the flame world, Kylie felt like some desire. Like before that he had talked about um, like, oh, why don't I just burn the whole forest down and then we'll be able to find them pretty easily. Um, mm -hmm. And like a desire to do, like do that and start over, like the same way he like burned the tower down, just because he'd rather burn everything to the ground and start over. And there's also an element of like, well, I don't have to deal with anybody else because I'm the only one who can like walk through fire, with being fine. Gotcha. But then also, I think part of it is, um, like, almost right after that, we found um, no, I don't remember the name. The older brother, who was, um, like, dad in the field. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I and, don't remember the name off the top of my head either, but... Yeah, um, and I, I think there was an aspect there, too, of not having enough control. Like, okay. because it took them a, like, it took them a while to get through the other weird planes. 
Yeah. So Kylo Leaf, it sort of felt like, oh, like, I'm not burning everything to the ground, and I'm also not exercising enough to control to get where I want to go. I see. Yeah. So kind of a, um, maybe there's an evolution in Kylie's thinking around, like, discipline in particular. Yeah, and I think especially, um, I, I don't want to say it's, like, the first time, like, Kylie's faced, like, adversity or anything, but I think, like, more and more, like, especially when he was alone, it was fine, Kylie felt it was fine to burn everything to the ground. Mm-hmm. But now that he's, like, hanging out with other people, he's getting, like, more disapproval. And sort of, like, starting to rethink, like, what his vision of himself. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah, and hearing you say that makes me think uh, it's partially about stakes, too, right? Before, the stakes were fair, or, or seemed to have been lower. Because worse comes to worse, you just leave, right? But now that there are other people involved, it's yeah. harder to to set that up so kylie's thinking of of all of this kind of stuff and uh he's kind of moving these fire objects around him and um they turn blue they kind of shift into this hotter uh, more disciplined form and in kylie's you know mind and then kind of going down his throat and then into his lungs and you can feel almost all of the individual, I mean, you know, we know this, Kylie doesn't have the science here, but but all the individual kind of, what are they called? Um, you know, like the little tree branching things, things in your, it's not many chlorians, but you know what I'm talking about. You feel all of the, the individual oxygen receptors in your lungs kind of light on fire a little bit. They're heated, they're hot, and it yeah. shoots out into Kylie's arms and into his legs and you feel for just a moment like like you can hear in your mind a whisper of something of of a thought that isn't Kylie's uh-huh like you, you know almost like you're overhearing someone speaking through a wall and you're not quite sure if you heard it or not and then Kylie that goes away immediately and and Kylie feels more um like we were just saying, discipline feels more capable. Yeah, so so Kylie feels some sort of energy and power unlocking um, that wasn't quite there before, um, and it was really just the small little test from this gnome, this gnomish magic user, um, that that helped focus all of this into into perspective for Kylie. Yeah, I mean, there there's a little bit of resentment towards gnomes that I think we all feel. <laughs> <laughs> they have been um, uncharacteristically rude, I think, so far. <laughs> um, Do you mean like gnomes in general? Oh, I, wait, I forgot that Wake wasn't a gnome. <laughs> yeah, no, Wake's not a gnome. He's a halfling, and we also determined just it's just important for people to know. Um, uh, uh, Jordan and I determined that all um, halflings have southern accents. So just for your knowledge. I mean, it makes sense. Just like yeah. in Lord of the Rings. They're from the south. Alright, well, so, so yeah, so this, um, this, this gnome and, and this human uh, and this dwarf, they all kind of stand and watch, and they, you know, the gnome, his little, his little ice creature, it kind of, the heat gets intense and it kind of melts, <laughs> and they all start 
start getting sweat on their brow and start wiping their brow, and they eventually stand up and kind of take a couple steps back. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's this energy is kind of swirling around Kylie. He kind of um, it builds up big in his hand, and then it's almost like a basketball slam dunk, and he dunks it into the fire and shoots flames out along, out along the ground. Um, yeah, they're a little bit scared. Yeah, I imagine while when this is happening, I think before I sort of described how his eyes as like a cinders, mm-hmm. and it, I think it gets more a lot more like the bright part of his eyes becomes brighter, but also a lot smaller, like oh. small like sparks, and the rest goes very black. Mm. This is kind of a, a permanent change, in kind um, of. Yeah. I think it like becomes less so after he starts stops focusing, but it's definitely more than before. Well, so I wonder if this does, does this um, physical kind of transformation or this kind of power transformation in Kylie um, does that create other physical transformations? I mean, does he look more uh, uh, gin-y or anything like that? Um, I think maybe um not like i i don't know what a a gin looks like like in my head like i'm picturing like very like bright colors i think it's sort of the opposite of that like he looks Mm -hmm. less human like i think the like um like his skin looks more like it's like it's made out of charcoal and okay. like the red parts of his hair and like his eyes and etc look more like unnaturally red you know mm. okay yeah all right cool um so there and, and so the gnome says uh, he says um well friend it's been a we've had a great time here today um maybe you should get back along the road you know we're 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 heading we're heading our way to Baldur's Gate soon, so uh, we'll see you later. Hmm. Um. He says, "How long is it going to take you to get to Baldur's Gate?" Uh, and he says, "It's, uh, it's like uh, uh, a month, three and a half weeks, a month." Okay, Kyle's trying to figure out how far away he is from Burdusk. Oh, uh, yeah, so uh, still about a week away from Burdus. Yeah, because um, we took the the ferry, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, you took, like, a barge. Yeah, so I don't think he has a great idea of, like, how, like, he was probably thinking, oh, it's going to take the same amount of time as taking the barge to walk back to Burdusk. Mm, no, yeah, yeah, It's he does a little bit of mental math and he realizes <laughs> that's, that is not true. Yeah. It's going to take, like, a full week of walking. So, uh, does maybe Kylie think about going back to Easting then? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Or he starts to second guess if this is what everybody else meant when they said they were going back to town. <laughs> uh, well, surely town is pretty far away if this is the town. Yeah. Um. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, yeah. So, so yeah. I think that uh, is there any is Kylie making any kind of demand before um, he goes? I, I think that he does want to ask about something. Okay. From home. Okay. There is some king who is in like power of the whole region, right? 
Um, sure. You tell me. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kylie wants to ask about, like, that king's health. Because surely the king is old. Like, when Kylie left, like, a year or two ago, there are rumors of being close to, um, you know, falling. Mm-hmm. Or having to abdicate. Um, what's the king's name? Lionel. Um, so, yeah, so Kylie asks about the alien king Lionel. You know, says, what, well, you know, what's what's going on with with uh with him there and um the dwarf she gets kind of a a concerned look on on her face and she says um she says he's gravely ill um and worse uh, the the treasury is empty all of the taxes lionel has spent them on wizards and herbalists and and she kind of her voice gets a little bit low and she says some even say it's ruined so he's, you know, he's spending all of the money. There's a reason that, um, you know, that people from the House Lamarck, that we would be all the way here, and she kind of gets a grimace on her face, she says, in the West, um, trying to make our fortune, trying to establish some sort of, um, you know, line of money back to our home. Um, it, who is me? Who's making a bid for the throne? Or I'm sure it must be a crowded field. Um, she says, well, no one is making a bid for the throne yet. But the minute that King Lionel passes into that... And then and then the gnome's like, to hell. You're talking about hell? And she, and she says, no, not hell. The other place. <laughs> uh, Kylie says, there is no other place. Oh, damn. Damn. Everyone gets a stern look on their face. Dang, um, the blood war. Um, but uh, but yeah. So basically, she's saying, you know, there uh, there is no heir apparent yet, and mm-hmm. it's because there's such chaos that yeah, that there can't. There's no front runner. Okay. Um, Kawi says, um, like, thanks for telling me this, and um. I think he would give them like um, a coin from the old kingdom and mm. leave. Okay. Like something that would show like sort of that he like that he's not asking these questions like he's not an outsider. I see. Even if not portraying exactly who he is. Does he uh, give it to them, or does he flip it into the fire? No, I think he, like, gives it to them, but, like, um, I think giving it to them is probably more insulting than flipping into the fire. I see. Like, I so, mean, like, implying that they need money. Kai, oh, I see. I see. <laughs> so, so Kylie stretches out and, and does it and hands over a coin, and the coin on its head side has a, you know, this is clearly recognizable from um, th- this kind of warring nation. It's an older coin, it, you know, probably predates to the time, to before even Kylie's birth. Yeah. Um, but it does have a djinn's face, what is clearly a djinn's face on the, on the, he- on the head side. Mm. And he hands that over. Um, and then starts making his way back to Easting, I think, right? Yeah. 
And just to make it clear for everyone who's listening, um, so uh, James has decided to take Kylie uh, into like basically being a dual class character, right? Um, yeah, being a fighter slash sorcerer, um, and we'll see where that goes in the in the next adventure. All right, so that was Kylie. Now he is a sorcerer, as I believe I said right before this little intro, outro, mid, mid-tro, um, whatever. Next thing that we have here is uh, Tess. Tess is going to be doing some little adventure and figuring things out for everybody. Uh, this actually pays off at the very beginning of the next episode. This is a really cool little junction between the last adventure and this one. Golly, we didn't have an opportunity yet, and, and let me tell you, You'll see, but no one has an opportunity, even the players, to talk about what happened to Silverleaf in last episode. So, um, you know, just keep that in your head. Keep keep in your mind that something happened to Silverleaf's bottom half of his face. Um, nothing so bad happens to Tess here, but it's, it's really exciting. Anyway, I will let you get to it. Here is Tess' downtime session. So after the adventure of the the Tower of Obalon, um, for people for people who are listening to these, I'm, I've recorded them in the order that they are being released. So I recorded um, the one with Weg, and then the one with Silverleaf, which I believe is one episode. Hopefully this all makes sense in the after aftermath. And uh, uh, one with Kylie, who would be God King, and now uh, one with Tess. Um, and so in those, they've all been kind of particular little things that... Um, that those characters were interested in doing in the week between the the kind of trek back from the Tower of Obalon and returning to Easting, uh, if everyone remembers. So uh, kind of Weg, Silverleaf, and Tess were all together, and uh, Kylie uh, wandered off, headed back to Burdusk, and um, hopefully we'll get back to Easting by the time. <laughs> the next adventure starts but um but yeah so to now i'm here with tess um hello there we go and uh, played by mary and um uh yeah so so we had a little conversation before and chess is looking for somewhere to i don't know to what get out in nature what give me talk me through yeah this. so like i it's not necessarily like getting out in nature because I think she would be interested in seeing something, some kind of spectacle that was man-made too. But mm. just like the the prospect of sitting around for a week in a small town with nothing to do doesn't doesn't really interest her. Like she is interested in either going out to like meet someone new, see some place, like just get out there and like experience something so that she's not just like cooped up and restless okay um well who do you want to ask about that i mean you know i I think this is probably a good um chance to get some local knowledge right yeah so Um. i was actually interested in uh so i apologize it's been a few weeks i'm really terrible with names no it's okay 
Yeah, what? I am too. The number of times in these little sessions where I had to say, oh, I don't remember their name, let me look, <laughs> is, is high, so don't worry about it. Uh, the, the name of the wife who was the keeper of the tower. Uh, um, Paige? Paige, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I was actually, I was interested in asking her, because it seems like among the, the people who were local to this area, she probably had the most experience just like traveling, given that she lived in the town, but like worked out in the tower regularly. Oh, so that's uh, that's Gina. So Paige uh, is Paige is the sorry. woman who uh, came and got you initially. Okay, and then Gina is her wife. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah, you can go and um, so so you know Tess wakes up at the old old. Um, you know, this is maybe three days into your your tenure at here at uh, Easting, just kind of waiting to see what happens. You know, checking out what's um, what's going on in the town and, and being kind of uh, adventurers on your time off and you go downstairs and you have some um, slightly uh, you know I don't know I don't know what, what the specialty here in Easting is probably like um, like pork of some sort and chicken so there's like some eggs and some bacon stuff like that it seems like they seem like meat people yeah for whatever reason <laughs> um, well they're so not fish you... people this is the end of the river that, that's true. It is. The, you know what? That's that's very funny. Looking at the map that I put up on Twitter, uh, yeah, apparently this is the end of the river, but I didn't know that before. <laughs> um, so maybe our our personal map, the river extends a little bit further. But yeah, um, the uh, but yeah. So so you uh, go downstairs, you do that, and then you go out, and um, and you know where Paige and Gina Storm um, Stormhand live. And you go and knock on the doors. And you re remember that Gina Stormhand, right, is kind of attached to this big composite body thing, the last that you saw of her. Um, you know, she was, you can remember um, that, you know, someone has told you, maybe Charlie Backhand has told you, that, uh, that uh, Gina was brought into town that night, kind of with a big... Um, uh, blanket over her. No one's really gotten a good look at her in the in the few days that she's been here. Um, but she's been cooped up in her house with her wife Paige, and so um, uh, you knock on the door. Is there? So do you want to ask about? Are you asking about like ruins, or are you asking about what? Uh, not not necessarily ruins. Really, just like this is going to sound so touristy. But, like, legitimately anything interesting to see. Something that's not just, you know, another farm, another death trap of a tower, mm -hmm. garbage okay. monsters. It's <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, her wife, the garbage monster. Sure. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> so Paige opens the door. And she kind of cracks it a little bit. I mean, you can, you can tell immediately by her face this is a, a different... Um, this is a different demeanor, you know, before when you, when you met her, when she initially asked you to come to Easting, she, uh, you know, kind of standing up very straight. She was very direct. She, you know, was, um, looking for adventurers. She was trying to give you all the information you needed to succeed. This, she, you know, she immediately says, you know, what do you want? Um, and you give that ask, you say, look, you know, you're one of the few people I know in this town. Um, you know, what might be 
you know, what what might be valuable to see here? What are other things that that um, Gina, you know, knew about? And um, she she is a little bit weary. She looks a little bit, um, you know, maybe she's been up all night long. Uh, but she does give you general directions to somewhere about half a day's trek north or maybe three quarters of a day's trek north. Um, and she says that it's a circle of standing stones that that um, are kind of an oddity in the area. Um, they're not particularly, um, you know, they're not haunted or anything like that. But, uh, but they are an oddity, and they might have been human-made. They might have been uh, made by some other creature. She's not really sure. Um, but, uh, but they're certainly a point of interest in the area. Given the change in demeanor on the behalf of Paige, I think, I think Tess might actually be interested in, like, I don't know. I, th- I think she'd show some empathy, try and, like, find out what specifically is actually bothering her because i mean there's there's a lot of things that obviously did not turn out ideal in Mm -hmm. the aftermath of the last adventure true um and like me as a player i can assume like gina coming back uh like as a golem would be not just disconcerting for Paige, but also like the change in lifestyle given that Gina no longer has effectively a job and like Hmm. a lot changed for them so I'm curious like what specifically seems to be causing the the tension or change uh, in Paige well what exactly do you want to say then because I that that's a cluster of things right yes yes what do you what do you want to ask um, explicitly like I would probably just start with the obvious like is everything okay Mm. because it's obvious it's not (laughs) Mm -hmm. well she says um she says well you know things are a little tough here (laughs) um and she says um she says i mean you were at the tower you saw what happened to gina but you also saw what happened to jeff jeff steed handler she says, well, we've got them both in the in the back here. Um, you know, we've cleared out the spare. Well, we've cleaned out both bedrooms. We've cleared out our bedroom, and, and uh, Gina just barely fits into the room. And we cleaned out the other, the spare bedroom, and, and uh, you know, Jeff is in there um, recovering. And she, she says recovering in kind of an odd way, right? But you can tell that uh, recovering feels like a euphemism for her. Um, but, uh, and behind her, you can kind of see looking past her, the, the door is a little bit more open now that you're having a conversation and you can see that it seems like all of her possessions are just kind of piled up in the hallway and then maybe the living room right behind her, the, the foyer or whatever. Um, you know, they've, they've had to radically change their house to accommodate what's happened. Is she worried about essentially being like shunned by the village given what happened to uh, Gina and Jeff. Hmm. Um, so you're asking that directly? Yeah. yeah. Like, um, she she says. Um, she says, "Well, we're looking for for ways of not having to deal with that quite yet." Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, "This is you know it was a it was a shock to me um, when when Gina returned 
uh, or when you returned Gina, I guess, because uh, I'm assuming she came back with y'all, um, or to my mind, that's what happened. Um, and she says, when you, you know, that it was shocking, but it's this, she's still Gina. Same, she's the same person. She just looks a little different. But I know that, and I'm not sure that everyone else knows that, especially with the, the Fork family. I mean, everyone knows they're gone. Um, someone had to do it. And you didn't bring back anyone else. So, I, you know, it's easy to point fingers in a small town. That... I'm sorry. I, I had not considered this. I would not want to blame blame to fall upon your family. She says, well, it's not, it's not blame, but it's not not blame. There were owlbears local mm-hmm. in this area. Um, do, do the townsfolk know that we've, like, stopped the actual cause of the disappearances? Um, my, um, no, not as far as you know. Um, no, no one in just to, cause, cause people who are listening might know this, but you, you don't know this. Um, no one has really talked with anyone in the town. You're the first person to really engage with the town in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my going assumption is that Paige isn't really saying something. Um, they know that you came back from the tower and you told the other farming family that the fork family weren't coming back. Right. Or at least that's that's that if if not explicit that's implicit and so in the event that no one has said anything I think that no one knows really anything, um, so you tell me what people know. So, I I think given the circumstances in that I I don't think anyone in town has reason to believe the disappearances have necessarily stopped. Um, mm-hmm. And to that extent, um, given that we know, like, while we were tracking out to the tower, we saw signs of bears and owlbears. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think Tess might actually want to change what she was going to do. Um, and I think she wants to hunt an owlbear. Okay to essentially try and bring some closure for the town um, and also ideally some kind of like safety for uh, the storm pans. I'm just trying to get a sketch in my head of the whole thing. So you want to hunt an owlbear and like produce an owlbear corpse probably or a trapped owlbear somewhere in the middle to then pin the disappearances on that owlbear. Yes. Okay. Like, I would, I think I would probably consult with Paige and Gina about this, like, beforehand, because rather than just, like, dumping this idea on them ex post facto. Okay. um, Just because, like, my, they will... They will still inevitably be tied up in what is happening to some degree. 
just by virtue of like Jeff and Gina's changed forms. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can like help explain the disappearances to try and divert suspicion from them, I would prefer to be able to do that. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, um, so, yeah, you kind of hash this out, hash this idea out with um, Paige, and, and you kind of come to a, an agreement or an understanding. I mean, obviously, something weird happened at the tower. Someone's yeah. going to know that that's been burned down eventually, right? Someone's going to figure that out. Sure. Um, someone's going to know weird stuff was happening at the tower. Um, someone's going to know that that uh, Gina and uh, Jeff Steedhandler have been changed. But those things, the, the level of connectedness to the disappearances, right, uh, of the other family, yeah. which is really the only other disappearance, that's ambiguous. So yeah. I, I think everyone can can agree, you know, on the ambiguity here. Yeah. People in this town are not looking to, they're not looking to burn anyone at the stake here, you know? Yeah. Okay, well, what are the steps you want to take to hunt an owlbear? Um... So, I would probably first go to the general store just to see, like, what they have available. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, bears are local to this area. I don't think it's unreasonable to, like, check if they have, like, bear traps. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, like, I'd probably, like, I'd go from there, just, like, see what I could possibly prepare to I don't know, help me in a hunt. Okay, so you go to the general store. Let me um, alright, so yeah they got hunting trap um, and all kinds of other stuff here, just basic basic equipment. Is there anything else you'd like to grab from this little list I sent you? I don't suppose they have like, if this they have poison, which is listed as a adventure gear but i wasn't sure whether they'd actually have that yeah there's uh there's poison there's alchemist fire at the very top and there's acid too so yeah I'd any, probably... any of this okay in that case i'd probably just go with the poison see if i can coat the bear trap poison when i'm saying it up okay cool so um so you grab that <laughs> you grab uh, a hunting trap you grab a um thing of poison a little little thing of poison and the person at the general store says uh says oh you better be careful with that you know that uh we use it uh to protect where the pigs are um you know there's all kinds of predators that show up where pigs are and uh, and you got to make sure that it's safe yep but I've been, you know one nick and and you're sick for days i've been having trouble with bears out near where we live so i'm hoping hoping we might be able to keep them away he says, I'm pretty sure you don't live here. <laughs> no. There's like three dozen people that live in this town. I'm like 90% sure you don't live here. No, I I, I don't, but I still have bears. <laughs> oh, I see. He says, oh, I misunderstood. I thought yes. you were. I thought you were saying, but you're just saying where you live, which is not here, but yet is yes. plagued by bears. Yes. I see. Um, so, uh, yeah. So he lets you go on your way. Um, and I'm assuming you're going kind of down the trail uh, to where you saw the um, struggle before? Yes. 
so you go back there. Uh, there's no new. It's really weird that that you're going here because I believe Silverleaf also went to this location. So I had to <laughs> talk through this, but no new. Um, you know, you don't see any more like signs of a struggle. Last time, remember you saw um, what looked like razor or not razor, but like claw marks on the trees and uh, feathers everywhere. Uh, and uh, Kylie picked up a bunch of those feathers. You you don't see. I mean, there's not more feathers or anything like that. Um, but you do find the pellet again. Um, the the big whatever it was a rabbit pellet or something like that for wearing owl bear. <laughs> yeah, or, or it's an owl pellet, but the uh, but yeah. made of a, a rabbit. <laughs> um, and so you find that um, it's where you left it. Um, the stick that you poked it with is is still there. Um, and uh, yeah, so how do you want to set about? How do you want to do this? I mean, obviously you got a trap, but yeah, uh, um, t- tell me how you want to play it. So I I was hoping to like maybe engage in some tracking to try and find like its general area um, and then like set up some traps see what we could find just kind of like camp out nearby in a place that I think would be good given its territory and uh, see what we could do okay so give me a uh, I'm going to say it's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon right now so give me a survival check okay the time has nothing to do with the survival check, by the way. Okay. Um, 15. Okay. Um, uh, it's easy. Easy for you to do. So you kind of uh, pull on a lot of knowledge that you already have. Um, you're tabaxi, so you're... Um, you're tracking capability i don't know if there you get a, a kind of like tabaxi bonus like a species bonus to this but um but you know you have a little bit heightened smell you have a little bit heightened hearing or, or more than a human would have and uh that gives you a little bit of an edge here and you're able to kind of look around um and and recognize some of the telltale signs of uh this big creature going through now this was f- probably five days ago at this point so um it's a cold trail up to a certain point, but um, your adventures up to this point in your life, right? Um, Tess is a, a wanderer who has, who has made her way around the realms. Most recently was in Athkatla, I believe, um, uh, kind of in, in the wilds there, um, and or, or adventuring around down there before the first adventure. And uh, you use all those kind of skills. You're pulling on this knowledge. You're, you're pulling back and, and thinking about a time that you uh you saw a sphinx fly over um and you saw how the wings you saw it kind of fly through the tops of trees and you saw how the wings had to navigate and avoid trees you saw how wings impressed on a uh on branches and while an owlbear is a quite different creature um there's still enough here for you to recognize oh this is where the seven foot like winged bear thing um went through and uh, so, yeah, so so you make your way through the forest. It takes three or four hours. It takes quite a long time. The sun is going down. and uh, But eventually you get to a place where um, it looks like the owlbear has gone down into a burrow of some sort um, and dug out that burrow and eaten whatever ha- had been living in there. So there's some kind of entrails around. Um, there's another much more fresh uh, pellet here. And uh, this is certainly where, like, 
this is part of the Albert's area of influence, we would say. So, um, could I, like, sneak into the cave to see if the Albert is, like, present at this time? So it's not like a cave. It's more like um, like maybe a badger had dug a den, mm-hmm. and the uh, the owlbear like gotten its arms in the den and then dug it all the way out. Does okay. that make sense? So yeah, it's like yeah, an impre- yeah. You can see the whole thing. It's like an okay. impression in the ground. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay. And if I have reason to believe the owlbear will be like back uh, to mm-hmm. this location, given my knowledge or lack of knowledge i would probably i would set up uh here like in such an area where i would hopefully be able to get the owlbear in a trap and then just kind of camp out okay so you you uh put the trap down and you kind of put some foliage over it um i i guess a good question would be what what do you think would lure the owlbear here you know because it you know it's wandering around here yeah. in this area somewhere. You can your survival check gives you a good enough knowledge of that, but you know, bait. Could I, yeah, I was actually going to say, could you like take some time to catch a rabbit or something slightly more a rabbit or a deer, something that owlbear would probably eat. Okay, so yeah, yeah, you find a rabbit um, that takes probably another hour, but you kind of stalk through the the uh, underbrush here, and you find kind of a place near the edge. You're still moving south, or you were moving south, maybe southwest, um, and so you're kind of at the edge of that kind of scrubland I was describing, at the edge of the forest, before you get to the farming fields again. And um, and yeah, so you're able to find a rabbit. Um, you What do you have, a short bow? Uh, you take the short bow out. You you uh, you don't really catch it so much as shoot it, um, and uh, and you bring it back and you bait up the trap. Okay. Um, and you're poisoning the trap, right? Correct. Okay. Um, all right. Give me a sleight of hand. Okay. Uh, fourteen. Okay. And um, all right. Let me hold. On. Let me pull up. Gotta look at the stat sheet real quick. Here we go. Okay. So, uh, and you gave me a 14, right? That's what you said? Yep. Okay. So, um, are you gonna get up in a tree? How are you gonna, how are you gonna yeah. monitor this? I was, I was thinking I would like just post up on a tree nearby, somewhere where like I could see the like den and the trap and just like try and stay out of sight, hopefully out of smell. Okay. Um, and what is the poison like? Describe the poison, Jimmy. So, like, the actual, like, what it does or what it, like, feels, looks like, and all that. Uh, feels, looks like. Give me the, the qualia. Um, I think it's probably a kind of, like, dusting. It's likely some kind of ground-up local herb that just, like, we know has some kind of, uh, not, like paralytic effect but like weakening effect you know how some animals have some animals and plants have the ability to like weirdly interact with uh muscles Mm -hmm. um and i think uh i think it's probably a local 
local plan and just like alchemist ground it up into some kind of powder that's then could be used to coat the the teeth of the trap. Cool. Okay. So you do that, and you get up in a tree. You're maybe, um, I would say, thirty feet up. Uh, I mean, if you're really trying to get out of uh, sight and smell, um, it's going to require you to get kind of up there. This is old growth forest, so the lower branches even are pretty high. Um, and you wait. Um, give me a stealth check. We're not check uh 60 okay so uh the owlbear um eventually we'll say it's about you know nine ten o'clock in the evening you eventually hear like boom 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 i mean it's not it's not ground shaking but it's like you can hear something heavy stalking through the underbrush yeah. and the uh the owlbear comes comes out um have you seen an owlbear before um, I think I've seen one before, but I haven't really ever like interacted with one. Okay. Uh, sorry, when I say seen one, I mean like not seen one in person, person, but like either seen descriptions or whatever magic image a wizard could whip up, uh, up of one. So like, I'm familiar with them in theory, but I haven't, I have not met one before. So, so what you see is you see like a four-legged creature come through. It has the basically the upper half of an owl, and um, where it would have um, instead of just like front arms, right? There, there is a on the back of the arm, it's a wing, right? So, so it still has a little bit of wing to it. Traditionally, the owl bear, I think, in D and D, is just like arms with a, a, a uh, an owl's head. This has got a little bit of a wing impression that's going down into a mammalian arm. Um, they're weird. The uh, person who showed you the image before, the wizard who whipped one up, had clearly never seen an owlbear before. <laughs> uh, you, you are now realizing that. Uh, as you see this, this thing, it's um, got like gross bile kind of running down its front. Um, this, this is a creature that like is stalking through the wilderness, just eating and consuming everything in its wake. Um, uh, this is a thing without very many natural predators. And I th- oh, go ahead. I was going to say if I can interject real quick. Yeah, um, sure. I think that the like wizard who misled me probably led me to believe owl hairs are not as like neither big nor like dangerous as they actually are. Um, I think I think they they probably fucked up on multiple fronts. So you've got, like, the uh, the Mr. Rogers neighborhood version of the owlbear. Yes. Gotcha. Um, but, like, they're, they're there and they're out there in nature, but you should just, like, be big if you see one. Um, and you get the feeling that if you tried to, like, get big in front of this thing, it would just rend your head off. Basically. Um, so, so, yeah, so it comes into view. It sees your rabbit, and it kind of, you can see it going, like... Um, it doesn't really have like nose holes and like big mammalian nose, so it's doing a lot of inhaling through its its big <laughs> beak mouth. Um, and it tr- it tries to get a sense of uh, of what's going on with this this rabbit um, that's lying on the ground. So you had a fourteen, correct? Uh, sixteen for stuff. Uh, no, that was for you though. But for the um, oh, 
yes. the sleight of hand. Okay. Yes. So it makes its way over to it, and it's kind of moving confidently. It doesn't look like it's very scared at all. Um, and it reaches down, and it scoots. You know, it's it's digging a little bit, and it just knocks the rabbit over, and uh, and reveals the trap underneath it without triggering it. Oh. And then it gets its hand underneath the trap and flips it over. <laughs> well. And then it kind uh, of gets up on, you know, kind of like grizzly bear style, gets up and <laughs> kind of gives a big, big um, growl. I think Tess probably makes a bad decision here. Okay. And tries to shoot it regardless. Okay. <laughs> uh, just straight up shooting it with an arrow? Um, no poison on the arrow or anything like that? Uh, I mean, if I can retcon saying I also applied poison to some arrows, sure, but... Right, well, I think you could probably try to do that now. To my mind, you didn't use all the poison. Okay, then yeah. I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just assuming that, like, when you buy a bag of poison, you, ha- you know, there's always a little bit left over. <laughs> um, okay, well, if you want to try to put poison, give me a, a sleight of hand here. Uh, this time I got an 18. Okay, cool. Yeah, you do it. So you, you get the, the bag out, and you've kind of got to hold it kind of like between your your elbow and your body. So you're like holding the bow in your hand, and you get the arrow out from your back, and you like hold the, the poison in, um, you know, kind of in your armpit, and you like dip your arrow in it, and then you um, shoot the, the owlbear. Give me an attack roll. Ooh, 23. Uh, you hit. So I rolled 11 damage. Okay, yeah, so that is a very solid hit. Um, you you kind of pull back. Is the short bow? Mm-hmm. And you've got it kind of like leveled horizontally, kind of like a like a, uh, a Robin Hood, and you get it right in the neck. Oof. Um, and it kind of rears up. It doesn't know where you are. Your your stealth it remains unbroken for this thing. Um, and it kind of. Um, you know, there's a couple seconds, right, where it, it steps around and looks around a little bit, but then you kind of see its upper torso kind of kind of go rigid, and then it falls over sideways. Ooh. Dust and uh, foliage everywhere. So now you have a extremely poisoned owlbear. Um, so... I think I think I would like want to go ahead and finish it off to like follow through with this plan to its logical conclusion because I'm not going to be able to get a still living owlbear to town like yeah it's like 600 pounds I think yeah it's like um, a bear <laughs> yes <laughs> so like if it is like poisoned to the point where it could not reasonably fight back i'd probably just go up and slit its throat otherwise i'd put a few more arrows into it uh okay you do that but what are you going to take back with you so i i was going to cut off its head Um, okay like my plan is to claim that i found like human skeletons in its burrow um or well I guess gnome skeletons, because the the family that like disappeared mm-hmm. was was a group of gnomes, correct? 
Correct. Yeah. Um, and like, be like, I have found the culprit. <laughs> Please shower me in adulation. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, well, so you enact that plan. You <laughs> you uh, spend the next probably two and a half hours lopping the head off this thing, which is uh, you know a lot more of an effort than uh, TV would have you believe. I think it's not pleasant. Yeah, uh, so it's, it, it's hard and long work, so you do it, and it's still, this thing probably still weighs like 70 pounds by itself, um, so you, you know, you, you gotta kind of get it in a, in a, I guess probably like a strap around your body and wear it like a backpack, Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you carry it back to town. It's uh, the middle of the night, um, but you can see that the, uh, the old old is bustling. And, and, you know, it's full of all the traders and everyone here for the evening, the kind of pit stop uh, that we were talking about before. There's plenty of hired bodyguards outside who are kind of drinking and, and having a good time um, while the, their bosses and the people who employ them and the people who own the trading companies or whatever, while they're asleep inside. Um, you know, there's um, drivers who are outside just kind of killing time and having a good night. Um, so, you know, you you walk up you this small mammalian creature kind of medium-sized mammalian creature you walk up and you've got this owlbear head and you kind of lift it up what what do you what do you say here what's the what's the message to the town um i think i think i would like prob somehow like make an entrance where i'm like I wouldn't say I'd throw the head in there, because that's, one, probably very difficult, given how much it weighs. But um, I would I would probably make some kind of, like, declaration to the effect of, I have the disappearances have, hmm, I don't know if I should, like, just unilaterally declare the disappearances are over, or just say, I've found the cause of the disappearances. Um, I'm sorry, I'm indecisive. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a big decision. It does, it does set a tone. <laughs> I, th I think I would probably uh, go ahead and say like uh, something to the effect of really pinning the blame on this owlbear um, and just kind of like setting that as if not like definitively declaring it as such then at least get that idea into people's minds like I'd probably talk about how uh, I found gnomish bones in this creature's burrow um, and set out to uh, bring it down to keep the town safe Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you monologue it. You know, you, 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 uh, as far as like pillars of the speech are concerned, you say, you know, this is the thing. We, we were out being adventurers, and I thought that, th that this was, you know, the, the cause. And I found the bones in its lair, and I've destroyed it, and no one else here. You know, this was the cause of the disappearances. No one else here will have to. Uh, experienced the same horrible fate that the Fork family did. 
Um, and all of these people are deeply confused about like who the Fork family is. But you can see Wait, that wasn't the well, shopkeeper just saying there's like thirty people in town and everyone knows. Oh, that's the general story. <laughs> I was at the general store. Yes. That's a different, <laughs> different shot. Look, yeah. I, I assume the locals would know who the Fork family are, though. Even well, yeah, if, like, the finishing. traveling merchants don't. Well, yeah, so, yeah, so I'm finishing. Yeah. The, okay, uh, okay, sorry. So all these people look very confused, except, you know, Chester Backhand is there, and he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the one person in the room who knows. Um, and uh, I thought some locals you... would also be drinking. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. Look. It's very late. Um, Fair <laughs> but uh they um so yeah so chester says oh gosh i can't i can't believe that this is the i mean we knew there was dangerous stuff out there but maybe this is the thing that they got jeff steed handler i don't even know he says well i look i'll give you 20 gold pieces to let me preserve that thing and put it up above the bar i agree like i don't want to carry around an owlbear head for the rest of my life <laughs> okay so so he passes that over to you and you see um you see uh charlie uh take it from you and you, and you kind of like you know he's looking at it a little bit and he puts it on the bar and he says oh we'll get that preserved later and uh chester comes from the back and he goes out to the sign out front and he crosses out the old old and he writes the old owlbear yes <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, ah, oh, new name. Uh, uh, you know, gets rid of all the Google reviews. Um, and yeah, so that's it. So um, the uh, the next morning, uh, well, not everyone's back together, but that that is it. You go up, you go to bed, and that is the end of Tess's little micro adventure. And then we'll all find out what happened with all the other ones um, in the next adventure. I think that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed running these a whole lot. They they really took my DM brain and, you know, made it expand quite a bit because there was a lot of, I mean, I had nothing written down for any of these. Each of these players gave me kind of one or two sentences about what they wanted to do, and we just went from there, which is kind of astonishing and, and shocking. Um, you can tell, I think, sometimes I'm trying to improv my way through it, but, uh, but I think they're really fun. I think they're really good. Um, if you are interested in finding out some tips on how to run this kind of thing, please let me know. Um, if that's a video or something like that, you might want to see. I'm thinking about additional content to put together for this show that might entice people over to the Patreon. So let me know if that's something you like. Send me a DM. My DMs are open on Twitter or send me a message on Discord or anything like that. Speaking of Discord, you can come hang out with all the range touch folks by clicking the link down below. You can also support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month if you really like the show we really would appreciate it this takes a lot of work uh, from a lot of different people and we got a new theme coming for ne next episode um you know there, there's a lot of uh, love in it and uh and if you like it just just uh you know maybe you could help out if you don't want to help out you could share the show that would be incredibly helpful we don't run any advertising for this it is all word of mouth so if you enjoy listening to sword coast coast to coast tell a co-worker tell a friend Tell somebody, if you don't like it, tell someone you don't like. You know, and say, hey, I love this. It was so good. And they won't like it. That's okay, too. I, you know, it's all about uh, getting people to hear it. Anyway, 
Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Like I said, we do put a huge amount of work into it, and uh, it's all for you. So um, you can also give us some feedback in the tabletop talking chat room thing in our Discord. Come and talk about the show. Talk, come talk about fan theories. I think we got enough time for fan theories or enough stuff going on that there might be fan theories. Anyway, I'm rambling. It's very early in the morning when I'm recording this. Um, so, um, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. There's going to be boats. <laughs>